Introducing Wondersuite from Bluehost.com, the tool that makes WordPress wonderful for everyone. Website creation is hard, but now with Bluehost, you can answer a few simple questions about your business and goals, and the Wondersuite tools will automatically lay out your WordPress website or store in minutes. Seriously. From there, you can customize your design, pick your brand colors and add blocks, no custom theme or coding required. You'll get content suggestions that you can keep or revise. And with Yoast SEO built in, we automatically help you get found in search engines. From step-by-step guidance to suggested plugins to an AI powered help bot, our built-in tools make WordPress wonderful for everyone. Whether you're a beginner or a pro, you can join over 2 million Bluehost users. Go to bluehost.com slash wondersuite. That's bluehost.com slash wondersuite. What's the easiest choice you can make? Window instead of middle seat? Picking a vendor who sends a great gift basket? Outsourcing business tasks you hate? What about selling with Shopify? Whether you're selling a little or a lot, Shopify helps you do your thing, however you cha-ching. Shopify is the global commerce platform that helps you sell at every stage of your business. From the launch your online shop stage to the first real-life store stage, all the way to the did we just hit a million orders stage, Shopify is there to help you grow. Whether you're selling scented soap or offering outdoor outfits, Shopify helps you sell. Wherever and whatever you're selling, Shopify's got you covered. Sign up for a $1 per month trial period at shopify.com slash try. Go to shopify.com slash try now to grow your business, no matter what stage you're in. Shopify.com slash try. All rise. Welcome to the Cyber Law and Business Report. Get the top story on the hot button internet legal topics of the day. This is your home for the latest on internet law and policy. Hear the latest net trends impacting business and have your questions answered right here. This is the Cyber Law and Business Report. Now, please welcome your host, the founder of the Internet Law Center, Bennett Kelly. And welcome to Cyber Law and Business Report. This is Bennett Kelly, your host. Broadcasting live from the Internet Law Center here in the the mean streets of uh, Santa Monica and the heart of uh, Silicon Beach. Please be seated. We have a great show for you today. Um, Donald Trump may think Washington is a tough tough town, but you should see L.A. today. Um, last yesterday, the Los Angeles Lakers had made quite the headlines. They um, Jeannie Buss, the the son of the uh, longtime owner. Uh, excuse me, the daughter of the longtime owner who has taken over operations fired her brother and longtime general manager, uh, Mitch Kupchak, for 35 years with the organization and, uh, and handed the keys to Magic Johnson to take over the shop. So this is a tough town sometimes, and everyone's buzzing about that. But we are here to talk about something uh, somewhat more significant, and we have Walter O'Brien. He's returned um, for, after he's was on our first year and in our second year he launched our second season and he is back and we're thrilled to have Walter. Let me say a little bit about him. Um, he's a fascinating character. He, Walter is, um, well, you may know him from the uh, award, the hit show um, Scorpion, which is on CBS, but he is the founder of the Los Angeles-based ScorpionComputerServices.com and ConsurgeUp.com, a global think tank for hire that provides intelligence on demand as a concierge service for any funded need. Walter is the executive producer of the hit CBS drama Scorpion, which has over 26 million television viewers that is inspired by his life. Uh, he was diagnosed as a child prodigy with the IQ of 197 and has mitigated risk for seven years on $1.9 trillion of investments and has invented and applied artificial intelligence engines to protect the United States warfighters in Afghanistan. Scorpion has created over 150 unique technological inventions, and he is an Irish national coding champion and competed in the Olympics of informatics. Um, the United States Department of Homeland Security, yeah, the United States Department of Homeland Security certified Walter as being of national interest in the United States 
and granted him an Extraordinary Abilities Visa, an EB-11. Scorpion Computer Services recently was recognized for an Innovator Award, uh, has four awards from the City of Los Angeles and the Fort Wayne Based Community Council and the Northeast Indiana Defense Industry Association for saving millions of lives. He was awarded a Compact Infantry Job Badge and Battle Dress Uniform from Operation Desert Storm. Walter, it is pleased. we're pleased to have you back for our 250th show. Thanks for having me. Appreciate you making the time. So, Walter, we, we were talking offline. Obviously, we when we first talked, we, we talked about your, your childhood in, in Ireland and um, in, in near Kilkenny. And tell us uh, a little bit about where you're from. I'm originally born in Ireland, uh, born in Wexford in the southeast and grew up in Kilkenny and uh, moved, moved on to university in England. And, and so at some point you, you chose to come to the United States and, you know, for obviously many, as my, as my family, Irish Americans, you know, came to the United States just because that, you know, Ireland, there wasn't much opportunity. But you, you're coming of age and during the era of the Celtic Tiger, uh, what, what led you to, to come to the United States? Well, um, I had my business in Ireland had grown about as much as it could. Kind of at that point, it was kind of like Geek Squad, um, running around fixing people's computers and printers, and had spread by word of mouth. But obviously, with the size of the island and the population, there's limited growth. So I could be a big fish in a small pond, or I could be a small fish in a big pond. Uh, also, coming over to the U.S., I um, um, there, was a, there was a couple of different reasons. One is I had the opportunity to get uh, the Extraordinary Ability Visa from Homeland Security to come over as a national asset, uh, which means I wouldn't be a slave to any one individual company while I get my green card, unlike a HB, uh, H-1 visa. Um, I'd been working with the government and the U.S. companies then anyway, Oracle, Microsoft, and others, in a niche industry called localization, which was taking the English products and allow, getting them into foreign languages so they could sell them in other countries. So I was already working with U.S. companies, just their, their subsidiaries were in Dublin, so they could have translators in the right time zone for Europe. So it was an easy transition with the same people. Um, and then... L.A. was a good fit for me because the way I look at it is there's lots of people here who have made money relatively easily. They've had a one-hit wonder on something. And there's people here who believe everything they've seen on TV is true. And sometimes <laughs> the person with the, with the crazy idea meets the person with crazy money. And neither of them necessarily have the discipline or ability to execute to sit down and do all the homework to build up the business. And that's where we come in. Some, you know, we've been referred to as adult supervision for startups. And um, if the companies come to us with money and the idea, we'll sit down and do all the homework and actually give you half a chance of, of getting your money back rather than suing each other. A very important point. Um, since so often startups become mired in conflicts among its founders, and that often is one of the reasons why startups fail. Now, um, so you chose Los Angeles, obviously, because of that. Wait, why not Silicon Valley? Well, uh, a couple of reasons. One is I was in Silicon Valley first. I spent my first couple of years up there, uh, just outside of Oracle. And A, I left Ireland because I wasn't crazy about the weather. It's not a whole <laughs> lot better in San Francisco between the fog and the rain. It didn't make sense to me that two entire cities would spend their days commuting over the same two bridges in an earthquake zone. And um, the other part of it was, funnily enough, the business we're in is, is effectively renting brains. People hire IQ from us to solve problems. Now, New York is generally too skeptical to be able to even try out that concept. And Silicon Valley thinks they're already the smartest people in the room. Right. The rest of the country tends to be more humble, where we'll get a call from the Midwest saying, you know, I run this kind of food factory or this kind of clothing company. I don't know anything about computers. Can you guys come in here, please, and help me? 
And that's a lot easier to, way to work than starting off with someone who thinks they don't need you and they already know better. So we actually, we should be uh, thriving in Silicon Valley, but it turns out everywhere else hires us more because in Silicon Valley, they just they, they either don't want to admit they have a problem or they don't want to admit they need help fixing it. Do you think any, some, some of it is just this kind of internal uh, network or boys club there that it, it's, if you're not there, you're not there? Uh, sorry, where is the boys club? Wait, in, Silicon, in Silicon Valley, it just, it, one yeah. thing that struck me was that you really have to be there to play there. That's true. They're not very good at outsourcing. No. I mean, I, I thought it was ironic when you know, law firms started opening offices in Silicon Valley. And I thought, well, that's ironic because the whole purpose of Silicon Valley is to allow you technologically to deal, do business with anyone in the world. But they want their lawyers you know, right down the block. <laughs> and so that's that's one thing that struck me early on when as when Silicon Valley started booming. So you build a name for yourself, and then obviously a couple of years ago you you launched the, the CBS show Scorpion, which is on Monday nights. And um, how did that come about? Well, we had actually pivoted our business uh, a little bit a while ago from twenty years of solving any technical problem. We pivoted it to say, we'll just try and solve any kind of problem. And we opened up a business called ConciergeUp.com. And we told people, if you want to search something, type it in Google. If you want it to happen, type it in ConciergeUp. And slowly, people started typing in things like, their daughter has anorexia. Can we find all food that's odorless and tasteless, but high in calories and fat? Or they wrote a book. Can we get it on the New York Times bestseller list? Or can we help them retire their parents to Florida? Or can we choose a winning racehorse based on their DNA? Or break up their son from dating a Ukrainian gold digger before the wedding? And oh, all of right. these other things. And we applied the geniuses to it and the super nannies, which are the, the high EQ people, manage the high IQ people. And it worked. Nine out of ten times we were able to solve the problem very quickly, very efficiently. And um, as, as word of mouth of that grew, we got so busy that I needed to um, reach out for help. So I needed more geniuses. And when we analyzed that problem, we realized if I wrote a book, the millennials wouldn't read it. If I made a, <laughs> if I made a movie, they'd forget my name in six months. But if I replaced CSI as the number one show on the air globally for the next 10 years then the geniuses will come find us. So we concierged up ourselves, and we got the producers of Transformers, Spider-Man, and Star Trek, the director of Fast and the Furious, the writers from Sopranos, Prison Break, and Hostages, put them all in a room and got them funded and uh, made the number one show on TV. It's definitely, it's been, a, it's been a big hit. I've watched it a number of times. And one thing you mentioned, and it does come out in the show, and we'd like to kind of expand on, obviously we, we mentioned that you have a very high IQ, um, but you mentioned EQ. Um, tell us a little bit about that and, and what role that plays in your organization, and, and that it's also depicted in the show. Um, well, the... I think at the start of it, Carnegie Mellon released a uh, report that said 85% of your success is your um, EQ and 15% is your IQ. So I was screwed if I didn't get some EQ. Right. And I noticed a correlation, not, not only in myself, but in the others around me, that very oftentimes the higher the, uh, the IQ, the lower the EQ because you're further and further away from your colleagues being able to read them and see them and understand them. Mm -hmm. So as your IQ gets above 120, it almost becomes a disability. And it's hard to relate and see and read people accurately if they're not thinking like you think. And um, But luckily, while you can't change IQ, you can learn EQ, just like an actor would learn how to do a role. Correct. So I spent my days uh, simulating EQ, using my IQ in real time, so to the point where people couldn't tell the difference. 
And one thing that struck me, though, in, in your organization is you have this concept of nannies. Can, can you explain that and, and how you use them? Sure. So we went out and hired single moms, elementary school teachers, and psychologists who had high EQ scores. And we wanted to find people who were logically minded enough or had PMP certifications so they could be account managers and project managers. And we call those people the super nannies because they babysit the geniuses and the customers. So we now have the best thinkers working with the best communicators. And the job of a super nanny is, is very difficult. It's, it's, you've probably heard the old phrase, uh, herding cats. Right. So they refer to it in our business when you're dealing with geniuses as herding cats while they're on fire. Um, and <laughs> it's, um, you know, you're trying to wrangle these people and keep them focused. They're smarter than you are, but you've got to be careful they don't take advantage of any insecurities you have. You have to have enough EQ to be able to read the tea leaves and know what's happening ahead of time, but enough strength to shut down your feelings so you don't turn into a puddle in the corner crying every day. So you need someone with EQ who's mentally extremely tough and in charge of their emotions. And that's a good super nanny. And that's that's hard to find. Um, but uh, when you get that person managing geniuses who respect what they do, uh, wonderful things happen. But and, uh, is there a tension though? Because you know, I'm I'm saying, well, I'm a genius. Why should I be listening to you? Sorry, is there a tension between the super nannies and the geniuses? Yeah, because the genius says, well, I, I know far more than you. Why should I listen to you? Well, that's the thing. There is that tension, and uh, I guess initially it's overridden by most of the both parties having some respect for me in both camps. And at least enough to say, give each other the benefit of the doubt and try and work together on one or two projects. And when they work together and then realize that their, their deadlines would have been too short if they didn't listen to the super nanny and that they, they needed more help on the team and they're bad at asking for help, but the super nanny took care of it. And that the um, customer would have been upset about something, but the super nanny explained what happened and bought them an extra week to fix it. And, and basically saving their butt and, and pulling their butt out of the fire over and over again, then the geniuses start appreciating that they are useless without the super nanny. Um, one, of the, one of the analogies I've used is if you had a bunch of geniuses and told them, go build you a casino or a hotel, and you just left them unattended for six months and you came back, they would say, hey, look at, my, look at the space. I'd say, where's the hotel? And they'd say, check out our space elevator that we built because they've gone all, all the way down the rabbit hole on one little thing and forgot about the big picture. That's a good analogy. And, and, then, and then the TV show, it seems Paige Janine, you know, played by Catherine McPhee. Is that, that's kind of the role that she plays. Is she, is she really the super nanny? Exactly. Remember the TV show is, you know, 20 years ago when the company was just starting up. So, um, back then, you know, it was a smaller crew of people, and she is playing. She, she, they didn't know what a super nanny was, so they've accidentally discovered one now, and she's falling into that role. I, I think my producer would like to have her as his super nanny too. But, um, <laughs> but moving, moving on. So you do a lot of work with government institutions as well. Is that correct? Yeah, about a third of our work is military and government. And we, we, when we were on before, you talked about some of the uh, work you've done with the military in Afghanistan in terms of, you know, projecting outcomes. And um, you, you've taken a lot of interest in addressing uh, the security of government systems, uh, in particular in light of the age of some of the government systems in place and the fact that some of them um, no longer are supported by their original operating systems. Well, yeah, I mean, like any large companies or large industries, their technology often is 10, 20 years or more out of date, or some of them still running on mainframe. And the government's no exception to that. Um, in fact, they're, they're probably the leader in that, because just because it, their model is if it ain't broke, don't fix it. And um, so a lot of the technology that's in there is uh, much older than it should be. 
The other issue is simply because of the speed government works, particularly in procurement or buying something new, it can take them four years plus to vet and buy some, some new piece of software or technology. Well, in an industry where everything changes every six months, taking four years to buy something means by definition everything you have is out of date. Right. And, yeah, I mean, like you saw some uh, statistic that um, 80% of the federal government's IT budget went to operating and maintaining obsolete legacy systems. I mean, that's just amazing. But there is a concern that we were not spending enough to um, keep our systems up to date and that we, we keep – once you start falling behind, if you, if you don't address that, you fall further and further behind. Yeah, I mean, it's – it gets more expensive, obviously, trying to maintain spaghetti code and systems are written by people who are dead or retired. And it also increases the amount of cyber risk and the amount of holes that you have. Um, so it's, it's, you know, if you buy a tank, 40 years later, it's still a tank. And as long as it starts up and runs this diesel engine, it still works. So the maintenance on it is minimal when you're bending metal. But when it comes to software, it's 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 all integrated. It all has to talk to other routers and other firewalls and other networks. They're constantly changing, and you've got to retest and retweak and repatch and re-upgrade all those things. And it's a massive effort, and especially if it's not standardized. You know, Amazon do very well with the Amazon Cloud, not necessarily because it's technology that no one had ever seen before. You know, Microsoft have a cloud and IBM have a cloud and Oracle have a cloud. The difference is they were just the first to standardize everything um, regimentally. So all of their billion-dollar data centers globally are identical. Their procedures are identical. Their racks, their systems, their hard drives, their software, their vendors, everything they use is identical, which means I can now build something and move it or load balance it across the cloud without having to ever touch or upgrade my code because I know it's all identical. And there's great power in that. And unfortunately, on the government side, everyone's a silo and they do their own thing and they don't talk to the guy next door, either because they just don't or because it's, it's a top secret project. And everyone reinvents the wheel. And now you've got all of these completely disparate systems to try and keep up to date. Well, there's also great power in having sponsors. And so we're going to take a short break. When we come back, we'll have more from Walter O'Brien after these messages. You're listening to Cyberlong Business Report only on cranberry.fm. Stay tuned for more of the Cyberlaw and Business Report after this brief recess for our sponsors. Cranberry Radio is your new destination for education, entertainment, and engagement. Browse through our complete library of programs at cranberry.fm or on demand through iHeartRadio, iTunes, Stitcher, Spreaker, and Google Play. Don't worry, you can still access all of our great webmasterradio.fm programs at cranberry.fm. Refresh your bookmarks today to Cranberry Radio at cranberry.fm. The best gavel-to-gavel legal news and Great websites today need expert web design and development and need to be e-commerce ready and mobile friendly. But building a marketable and profitable website can be an uphill climb. Ready to make your new website or replace your existing website? Think Orange as the new way to get in the black. Orange Hill Development works with Fortune 500 companies and offer the same top quality development service at a fraction of what other providers charge. Brands like Absolute, Carlsberg, and Nestle trust Orange Hill Development. Find out why you should trust your website with Orange Hill. Contact Orange Hill for a consultation today at orangehilldevelopment.com. Looking for a white-label SEO and social platform for your clients? Think eBrands. Free and unlimited SEO audit reports. eBrands. Premium Facebook apps and welcome page creators. eBrands. Twitter management app, analytics, and mobile site generators. eBrands. Let eBrands manage your search and social media campaigns and give you and your clients access to their white-label dashboard, which have great reports that will wow your clients and deliver great ROI and results. Try eBrands for 30 days. Go to eBrandsWithAZ.com or call 1-866-625-5717. That's eBrandsWithAZ for eBrands. Cranberry Radio, online anytime at cranberry.fm. 
The best gavel-to-gavel legal news and information on the net is right here. This is the Cyber Law and Business Report. Here is Bennett Kelly. And we're back. And if you're just joining us, our guest today is Walter O'Brien. Um, he's the founder of Los Angeles-based ScorpionComputerServices.com and ConcertsUp.com. And we've been talking about his work as well as the hit CBS TV show Scorpion based on some of his earlier life. And uh, welcome back. And so, Walter, when, in kind of comparing the operations of, of Scorpion versus ConcertsUp, when, do you think of yourself as a tech executive or a problem solver? Or are they different? Definitely, I started as a tech executive. I started as a tech, period. There was no no executive in it until later. Um, um, But as two things happened. As technology evolved, it took over everything. And that's what people often still don't understand. Everything is technology now. If you own a coffee shop, you don't. Your, your challenge is not running a coffee shop. Your challenge is how well can you manage your social media, your Yelp ratings, um, you know, how viral can you make the uh, customer base so that uh, you get more people into your coffee shop. Um, so technology took over everything. And then I realized that the skills from Software, which we've been developing for about 60 years, just the the formal methods of things like agile programming and planning and disaster recovery and failover and no single points of failure and so on, that these disciplines apply very well to life, not just to systems. If I was planning your wedding or your divorce, I should use the same methodology if I want to think of everything and plan for everything. And... I thought, well, what would happen if I took the disciplines from software and started applying them to everyday life for people who who have never been in the middle of a software development team? And from their perspective, it's like hiring the CIA and NASA at the same time, where they realize, wow, we can do private investigations, arrange a sting operation, and then execute a plan where all the details have been thought of ahead of time. And it's... um, that has been extremely um, successful, and that's where we moved from a tech executive to just problem solvers. Um, because not o- not only can every problem be considered a, a technical problem to some extent, but almost any problem you give me, if I understand technology really well, it gives me a huge boost. It's my secret weapon to solve the problem. Because um, most problems start by doing research and Googling stuff and reaching out to people and background checking them and organizing them, which there's technology to do all of that. Walter, you're killing me. I, I like, to, like my clients to think most problems start with calling you a lawyer, but you, you are right. But, um, and it's it, I think back to Genesis. You know, in the beginning there was chaos, and it, it seems that you know if you. If you so those who are engineers and are, are used to kind of finding the order in chaos, and and that would then apply to, every, as you said, all other fields. Yeah, and and the relief on people's face when they realize that they have a team of people that are very competent, um, that understand the problem really well, that have gathered your requirements properly and are now executing this and have clearly executed other projects previously, people then feel they see the light at the end of the tunnel. They're like, wow, this is really going to happen, as opposed to just trying to deal with it all themselves. So, and, and we have standardized some of this. So people come to us often where they've invented a new project or a new widget in their garage, but they've never run a business before. So we have business in a box. We have the list of 140 things you got to do when you open a new business. Interesting. And it could be anything. You could might want to be a hairdresser, but where do you open the hairdressers? Which malls don't have one? How do you negotiate your lease correctly? What chairs do you order? Who's going to install your security system to monitor the shop? And which merchant accounts do you open so you get good rates and you can accept all credit cards? Um, and, 
And you do that on a fee-based system, or is it equity, or is it blended, or? No, everything works the same. Um, the, our minimums are ten grand to open an account with us, and that's kind of like a deposit at a law firm. It's simply opening an account where the money would go towards what needs to be done. What needs to be done are hourly rates, average about one hundred and fifty bucks an hour if you hire a team of seniors and juniors. That's reasonable. And yeah, so for 10K, you get 66 hours. And we start working with you and calling you every week and laying out a plan and giving you minutes from the meeting and explaining what we discussed and saying, we need five hours to research this and 10 hours to research that. And you're approving it all every step of the way. And at any point, then you can pull the plug and say, I want to stop and get my money back for all the hours I didn't use. And, uh, you know, we're contractually obligated to give you the money back. Um, or if the money runs out and we stop working, you can put more money in the pot and keep going. If you use... So basically, you just hire us every week while you still like us. And that's kept us. We've had no, no bad debts, no uh, accounts receivable, no court cases in 30 years. That's amazing. Any, any success stories you're allowed to talk about? Yeah, we have several that have gone public uh, with you know, we have lots of press and, and uh, testimonials and videos on our website for folks that want to just go to scorpioncomputerservices.com and scroll down. You'll see uh, people talking directly about how they how we help them develop apps or help companies, brokerage firms that are growing by acquisition and they have to acquire other firms. And we have a 240-point inspection we can do in two days where we go in and rip apart all the technology and inspect everything and give that company a grading of A, B, C, D, or fail to show how well they know what they're doing or not. And that's useful if you're selling a company, buying a company, or funding a company. It's just due diligence. Um, we have new videos that will be up in about a month for people with healthcare issues where the doctors couldn't help them for the last uh, 10 years. And in six months with us, we got all their blood work and everything increased over 30%. Um, so those testimonials have been filmed, but I think they're in editing now. They'll be out soon. Um, and then you'll see plenty of podcasts. We were on uh, Mike Dillard's podcast there about uh, uh, two weeks ago, and he had hired our company skeptically uh, because he had problems that uh, nobody that he'd hired in his company was able to solve. And we solved the problem within three months. And he just broadcast that out to about two million people. A couple of weeks ago. Um, so it's, yeah, I mean, we in the military side, we worked on everything from our ballistic defense system, saving lives in Afghanistan, to using artificial intelligence for mission planning, to working on the naval command and control system. Um, and we've gotten various awards for saving lives, including uh, from the, the one you mentioned at the opening of the show, uh, award from Fort Wayne for uh, saving lives in Operation Desert Storm. Yeah, you see, received the Compact Infantry Badge and Battle Dress Uniform for Desert Storm. Uh, can you tell us how, how you earned that? Um, a lot of it was related to um, ballistic missile targeting systems, um, one of those being the Phoenix missiles from Raytheon, and working on the targeting systems to make it more accurate because... When I was in the first war, um, the Gulf War, those targeting systems were only about 80% accurate. So 2,600 civilians died on the other 20%. And we've, we've managed to make systems now 99.98% accurate, which means only two in a thousand go astray. Um, when we worked on the, uh, for Afghanistan, we worked on Naval Command and Control System they had friendly fire incidents where due to human error in the computer system, they would shoot down their own guys or their own British mm -hmm. allies. And when we uh, implemented our system, we were able to catch those errors and those bugs and uh, have them fixed so those friendly fire incidents wouldn't happen. So it's stuff like that. And what, what did it feel like? You, know, at your, your, you obviously, this is your adopted country. What, what was that moment like to be received the, the badge? It was, it was very uh, touching because 99% of all the stuff I've done for this country can never be acknowledged, can never be talked about. 
Um, I can't even, I've, I've reached out to the, even the Secretary of the Navy for references on the work I've done. Um, they can't give it to me because their legal counsel says that it would screw up their procurement uh, process, meaning if, if I won another government contract after that, the competitors could argue favoritism because I got acknowledged for what I had done. Right. Um, uh, when I reach out to Navy SEALs and others that, that are dear friends of mine that have helped, they'll lose their job or lose their pension if they talk about what we've done. So, you know, I you talked about cyber harassment earlier. I get a lot of that online because what I've done is either uh, under secrecy or it's under non-disclosure. And while I've done it and I've done it 10 times over and I've fallen asleep on my keyboard at night trying to protect people, I can't uh, I can't prove it to anyone outside the military. Understood. Understood. So um, you launched the show, as you mentioned, to try to attract greater interest in your own business. And has that played out? Yeah, we uh, so 26 million people watched the pilot, 105,000 hit our website uh, while the pilot was uh, was airing. Uh, we've been getting up to 20 resumes a week from geniuses who want to join the company, which is part of the original purpose. And our customers' base has increased dramatically. Uh, we get up to 2,800 requests a month from the um, uh, from on the concierge upside, just uh, you know, partially because of all the notoriety of the TV show. Well, was the pilot the one where you drive on the runway and have to load, toss something up to the pilot to load? Correct. Um, I, I could have used you last week. <laughs> As I missed the plane, but did did did, did anything? Did you actually ever have an incident close to that? Um, we did have an incident at LAX in two thousand and one, um, but the no, we didn't have to drive a Ferrari under a plane. <laughs> the uh, we were trying to make the finale pretty interesting. My original idea was to drive underneath the plane, which is possible. That Ferrari does one hundred and ninety five miles an hour. A Boeing 747 will um, stall at 100 and, uh, uh, will not stall if it stays at 160 miles an hour. So with backwash, the car could absolutely pace the plane. And the idea was that you pick up on the Wi-Fi in the plane, which would radiate up to 30 feet outside the plane. Uh, of course, I wasn't there that day, and we had the director from Fast and the Furious. So he thought connecting a land cable would be a little more exciting, and he was right. No, it was a great ending. I, I watched it. And I thought, wow, that's incredible. I wonder if yeah, I'm trying to picture you in the in the in the in the wheel of the Ferrari. Um, are you going to do any more producing? Actually, uh, you'll see me credited on the new Spider-Man coming out from Marvel, not as a producer, uh, but we own Scorpion Studios, and Scorpion Studios makes movies more realistic and cooler, kind of like the Q character for James Bond. We bring right. the gadgets and the research. So uh, we've had Scorpion Studios up and running for several years now, um, and you'll see us credited on, on several of the movies coming out as we provide the weapons, the props, the, the, and the, the research for the writers. Very interesting. So you are now a true Angelino. <laughs> <laughs> and um, so what, what, is, what are you looking for in, in the future? Where do, you, where do you want to expand into? And how, how can, who should be calling you right now? Well, anyone with a funded problem. And that, you know, a lot of the audience will listen to this and go, well, that was entertaining. And then they'll go on about their lives. But this, this broadcast could change their lives if they actually pay attention and say, okay, why don't I go to Concierge Up and type in my top three wishes? It's not going to cost me anything. There's no obligation. Yes, so you have to make sure you have at least 10 grand to put towards what you want to solve. Right. But anyone with a funded problem. You've got some problem or wish or concern, and you've got a little money to put towards it. And that's who should be calling us. Obviously, on the Hollywood side, anyone producing a movie who wants to make it not cartoonish when it comes to cyber and hacking and technology where people laugh at it, um, that they want to make it realistic and have the terminology correct and have the the uh, what appears on screen actually makes sense. Um, and that's it. People running startups who, who either running them or funding them. 
who'd like a doctor's second opinion on whether they're doing the right thing and they're choosing the right language and they have the right architecture and they're integrating the right way. Um, what do you make of the startup scene here in Silicon Beach? Um, you know, I've, I've been around it for, what, 15 years now and I've seen it growing steadily. So, and I definitely think, you know, the, the because it's L.A., You've got crazier ideas and more imagination and more entertainment type bent to it than you'd have in Silicon Valley, which would be a little more academic and a little more um, uh, traditional. So I, I, I think the crazier ideas will come from Silicon Beach. But, um, you know, I, 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 it's growing slowly. I think virtual reality and augmented reality will accelerate that because that's going to be a mixture of gaming and Hollywood. Which is the natural, you know, that's our, that's our sweet spot. And uh, I think you are right. I mean, we're starting to see that. Now, one other area I want to ask you about is Taxi Watch. Oh, yes. Tell us a little bit about that and your role. Um, well, my role is very simple. I, I, uh, I thought it made a whole lot of sense. And I, I knew the, the founder. Um, and Derek Devoy, and I uh, immediately supported him financially when he was starting the uh, uh, the idea. And Derek has been a taxi driver and owns a fleet of you know, taxi and limo drivers um, in Ireland. And he had uh, one particular night seen someone about to jump off a bridge, commit suicide, and he talked him down and talked to him about his own issues and his own concerns and took him for a coffee and saved his life. And then later that night was driving on the same bridge on the same street and found another guy about to jump and then did the same thing with him and eventually went for suicide training and, and got into understanding anti-suicide uh, solutions and realized that if the taxi drivers were trained to look for the signals and trained on how to talk to them and had some basic blankets and, and, uh, first aid type stuff in the trunk of their car, it could be like mini ambulances. And that's, uh, that's what he did. And that's what became Taxi Watch. And they've saved, I've lost count now, but it's definitely over 100 lives since he started. Right. Yeah, there's some, it's over 100, which is quite amazing. Um, but not so amazing is we have to take another break, but when we come back, we're going to wrap up with Walter O'Brien after these messages. You're listening to Cyberlawn Business Report only on cranberry.fm. Stay tuned for more of the Cyber Law and Business Report after this brief recess for our sponsors. Is your website hacked? Is your website displaying error messages or loading slowly? Even if there are no signs of malicious activity, your site may still be compromised. Websites, like cars, require regular maintenance to perform at their best and not leave you stranded. At Fjord, our website maintenance experts can help you assess which one of our maintenance plans will best support your needs. Visit FjordDigital.com or call 612-877-3840 and get the support and protection your website and business deserve. That's F-J-O-R-G-E Digital.com. Do you look at the task of ranking your site at the top of the search engines like you would climbing the top of Mount Everest? It doesn't have to be. TopSEOs.com knows how hard that climb can be, and they can make top ranking a reality. Top SEOs send you to only the right search vendors and agencies that they know will work for you. Since 2002, TopSEOs.com has reviewed and researched the best search engine marketing agencies and solutions providers. Don't risk the cost of falling off the proverbial peak of search rankings. Let Top SEOs give you peace of mind. TopSEOs.com, the independent authority on search vendors. Cranberry Radio is your new destination for education, entertainment, and engagement. Get educated and entertained by our panel of on-air experts and peers. And engage with us anytime by following us on Twitter, Facebook, Google+, and LinkedIn. So you can reach us before and after every program. Located on our new social shareable live streaming player. Access the new Cranberry Radio live stream player at our website, cranberry.fm. Online anytime. This is Cranberry Radio. Cranberry.fm. 
The best gavel-to-gavel legal news and information on the net is right here. This is the Cyber Law and Business Report. Here is Bennett Kelly. And we're back. And if you're just joining us, we've been talking to Walter O'Brien. And he is um, with Scorpion Computer Services. And he is the um, inspiration for the hit CBS show, Scorpion. And when he was a mere five years old, on uh, this day in 1980, um, was the miracle on ice in Lake Placid. So happy anniversary to all those guys. Um, if, you, if you were of age in America at that time, you knew exactly where you were on that day. But Walter, uh, I really want to thank you for joining us. Anything um, coming up you want to let people, listeners know so they can look out for you? Um, just keep an eye on the pr- recent press part of our website. Um, I, I've just done a slew of conferences and things. I was just on CNBC in front of 326 million households in uh, Singapore um, there last week. And I was the keynote speaker at the MTech conference, and I just did an interview on the Microsoft Network. And uh, a lot of the stuff, uh, it all gets captured and put in the recent press part of our website um, about a week after we do it. So keep an eye there to, to follow what we're up to and keep watching the show. Definitely, we will do. Anything, is there any goal you have uh, out, you know, five years out, ten years out? Where does Walter want to be ten years from now? There is a bigger goal, but that would be a whole longer show. Um, <laughs> it's uh, just to leave you with a teaser. It's the ability to back up your brain and download it to a 20-year-old uh, stem cell clone. So effectively living forever and stepping away from all terminal diseases. So that is, we believe, 29 years out. So the year 2045. All right. Well, well, this is our 250th show, so consider this the teaser for our 2000th show. <laughs> <laughs> so, yeah, for you know, it's called transhumanism, and it uh, allows us to separate our consciousness and our memories from being tied to our bodies. Because right now, death is mandatory for me and all my friends, and I'd like to make it optional. That's quite an, an impressive uh, adventure there, and hopefully, obviously, we all will benefit if you succeed in that challenge. We have information on Walter on our uh, show notes on our blog, which is at cyberlawradio.wordpress.com. Um, you can follow Walter on Twitter at Walter O'Brien SCS, and the website is scorpioncomputerservices.com. Walter, I want to thank you. It's been a great pleasure. And anything you want to say before you go? No, just thank you for your time, and thanks for uh, for thinking of me, and uh, I guess I'll see you after the, the next 250 shows. Yes, after that. Actually, I may I may have some um, business for you to talk about afterwards, so uh, it was good we had this conversation. But thank you very much again, and um, Walter O'Brien, uh, we, we're a big fan of your show, and it's great to have him back, his third appearance here, and um, thanks again. Thank you. Um, next week... Uh, we will have um, a return visit from um, from Art Neal. And Art is, uh, we've had him on before. He's with the New Media Project down in San Diego. And they just produced a, a book that says, Don't Panic, a legal guide in plain English for small business and how to create um, business um, business professionals. And so we are um, definitely going to have him next week. And uh, he's always been a a good guest of ours. And we also will have back on March 8th, Matt Wood, um, who is uh, with the Free Press and one of the leaders on the fight for net neutrality. So we'll be talking to him about um, where does net neutrality stand under the Trump administration, Um, that the current FCC chair has indicated um, he intends to preserve an open Internet but he has uh, rescinded investigations into that area, and so we will see what happens in that regard. Um, also, a couple of important, uh, we'll be remiss if we did not mention, uh, it's, uh, today is National Margarita Day. And uh, despite what you think, we have not already started our celebration but uh, I hope you, if you do get a chance to celebrate, um, have a have a toast on us. And uh, but finally, I want to acknowledge an important anniversary. Um, today is White Rose Day, 
and is in memory of Sophie Shaw. She was a college student who actually had the courage to openly oppose the Nazi regime in uh, World War II, and she was executed on this day in 1943. Um, her final words were telling, and just before she was executed, she said, how can we expect righteousness to prevail when there's hardly anyone willing to give himself up individually to a righteous cause? Such a fine, sunny day, and I have to go. But what does my death matter if through us, thousands of people are awakened and stirred to action? And her final days were the subject of the acclaimed film, Sophie Shaw, The Final Days, and which I believe was nominated for an Academy Award. Uh, we have information on the film and her on our blog as well. So that's all we have for this week. Um, be sure to check us out um, on the web. Um, cyberlawradio.wordpress.com is our show notes. You can follow us on Twitter at CyberLawRadio. In addition, check out the Internet Law Center. We're a full-service Internet law firm, and we're at internetlawcenter.net. Um, follow our blog, ilccyberreport.com, where we discuss the latest in Internet law as well. So um, I want to thank Walter O'Brien again. He's a, I've met him in person several times, charming individual, and uh, definitely a thought-provoking uh, guest. So definitely check out him and uh, his show. I've, I've enjoyed the show very much, actually. So I'm glad it's been doing well. It's one of the more highly rated um, shows. So I'm sure its fourth season will be coming up as well. Um, and then come back here next week. We have Art Neal with New Media Rights on his new book, as well as um, the week after we'll be talking about net neutrality, a very important issue, because I have a feeling that that may be uh, a big con the, the first big confrontation between tech and um, President Trump, um, although we are seeing it already occurring in immigration. But I think that would be the big showdown if they do go forward and repeal net neutrality. Uh, it should be an interesting um, fight if that happens. And so we're going to be talking about that on March 8th. So be sure to join us on them. And um, that's all we have for now. This is Bennett Kelly. I want to thank our producer, um, um, Brasco, and uh, as always, doing a great job. And so we will be back next week right here. So listen to us then on Cyberlaw and Business Report. Have a great week, everyone. The opinions expressed are those of the hosts and their guests and do not necessarily reflect those of the staff and management of Cranberry News Marketing and Cranberry.fm. Rebroadcasts or retransmission of this content without proper consent is prohibited. When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply.